This is The Fight Game with Demond Cotton. Hey now, welcome to another edition of The Fight Game. I am your host, Demond Cotton, and joining me today in the studio is the intern, Toby. Toby's back on the show. Hey, Toby, how you doing? Doing great, man. I feel good to be back. It's been a while, a few weeks. Glad to be back here on The Fight Game. Yeah, man. Glad, glad to have you back, Toby. And we are going to have a jam-packed show today. I mean, there is so much to get into. Summer Slams this weekend. UFC 277s this weekend. I mean, AEW just finally had an episode of TV where I was actually surprised for the one moment. They had the one big moment that caught my attention. But before I praise AEW, I have to give a little bit of a poo-poo on Tony Khan, AEW's fabulous owner and booker and the promoter of the year from the Wrestling Observer two years in a row, and he's very proud of that. But his booking of Ring of Honor is not something that I particularly like because it just seems like instead of Ring of Honor being its own brand that he bought when Ring of Honor was on hard times, kudos to him for buying Ring of Honor, but now Ring of Honor seems to just be, hey, if you aren't competing for a main title, on the AEW side, on Rampage or Dynamite, hey, you can be a Ring of Honor champion. Wheeler Yuta with the Peer Championship. And then the what I wanted to see be the main event of Death Before Dishonor, the World Championship match, the world title for Ring of Honor, Jonathan Gresham, the champion, taking on Claudio Castagnoli of the Blackpool Combat Club. You want to see that be the main event. This is Ring of Honor. This is their world championship. And Jonathan Gresham coming in, you could see the writing was on the wall. Last week's show, I mentioned it a little bit. I said, hey, let it play out. Let's see what happens. But I don't have a good feeling about this for Jonathan Gresham. And my feeling was right 1,000%. He has a match with Lee Moriarty. Like, with the Dynamite build, well, I mean, excuse me, the Rampage build was, hey, man, him and Lee Moriarty, maybe a mentor in the student-friendly rivalry here, and maybe that would be the championship match. He turns heel. Tully Blanchard, Tully Blanchard <laughs> Enterprises. He joins. The, that's a new faction there. Okay. Shout out to Toa, my main man, good friend of mine. And so he's got the he's got the faction. He's got the heavy hitters behind Jonathan Gresham, who is the Octopus, one of the best technical wrestlers on the planet. But I understand what the problem with him is. He's a wrestler who just wants to be known as a good wrestler, and he's five four. So the TV appeal just isn't there. So you have Death Before Dishonor. The match starts. He comes out for his entrance. Doesn't even wear his octopus gimmick that he wears for the big shows, the big fights. Doesn't even wear the full costume. Just comes out in a t-shirt and a title. About a 10-minute match, and he loses the ROH championship. And Claudio Castagnoli, he gets his flowers. Well-deserved his first world title in any promotion that he's been in. Good on him. But just the build was lackluster. It just... He wins the match, and maybe he is the rightful champion for ROH going forward, but it just didn't feel as special to me because there was no build besides a couple of video packages and a one guy in the ring, one guy on the ramp stare down, which does nothing for me in professional wrestling. Just nothing. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been interested in anything Ring of Honor has really been doing just because the booking has been, like you said, it hasn't been great. And um, I wasn't interested to watch um, Death to the Sonner last week or the week before, whatever it was. And yeah, the booking has been subpar. At, and I think that's a compliment 
to Tony Khan. But um, yeah, the booking hasn't been great, and they're just not utilizing their stars as Tony Khan should use them. Yes, and then those guys for Ring of Honor who are still under contract, and after that loss, Jonathan Gresham says, hey man, I'm asking for my release. There's even reports from Sean Ross Sapp that he was cussing him out. He's just like, so maybe he's MFing him up and down because he's just, he feels so disrespected. And I get that, hey, on TV, the guy who's 5'4, that, that's a difference when you go to an indie show and you can suspend your disbelief a little bit more. It's just you and maybe 500 people and you're just there to watch wrestling. But on TV, I get it, it doesn't hit the same. For someone to say, this guy that's 6'5 is wrestling the guy that's 5'4. Why is the guy that's 6'5 yeeting him around the ring? We get it. Cesaro does the spin, and that's a meme right there on Jonathan Gresham. I mean, yeah, when you're wrestling, you know, if you're 5'4, nobody, as a fan watching on TV, you don't expect him to win, you know? Yes, exactly. Kind of like the Rey Mysterio effect, you know? But in the Rey Mysterio effect, who just had his 20th year anniversary mm -hmm. on Monday Night Raw being in WWE, but I feel like with Rey Mysterio, it's the luchador that kind of um, hides the height deficiency there, where he's flying through the air. Who's that jumping out the sky? R-E-Y, Mysterio, there we go. You know, that's part of the character. That's the gimmick. He's doing these moves that you've never seen before. But with Jonathan Gresham, his, his moveset, his technical prowess is just, hey, man, I'm just here to out-wrestle you. And for people who grew up, we've all grown up. Wrestlers are bigger than life. You see the guys who even on TV, you think, hey, that guy isn't, isn't that big. You see that guy in real life, and you're like, oh, my God, that guy is massive. And then that's the part where it's just, hey, man, Jonathan Gresham, and I really want to give him his due, give him his flowers. He deleted his Twitter after. I think he deleted even like his his small promotion terminus that he runs out of Atlanta, deleted that account as well. I don't know if he's going to be done for wrestling for good, but he definitely wants and deserves a break from it after his treatment in AEW. But here's where I give Tony Khan the praise. Here, that's how you, you do the compliment sandwich there. Now I'm going to give him the praise <laughs> because last night, AEW, Ricky Starks defended the FTW championship against Danhausen. A nice, funny match. But hey, the same gimmick he pulled last week. I still got some left in the tank. Another open challenge. And Hook comes out. The son of the man who founded the FTW championship, Taz. So Hook comes out. He puts him in his version of the Taz mission. And he wins the FTW title. Hey, man, Team Taz is winning. I mean... Hook beats Ricky Starks, and Ricky Starks cut one of the best promos of the year. Let's hear it. Well, obviously I lost, and I'm no stranger to losing, and I'm okay with that. But I, I want everybody to know something. I was given that title when people thought that it was a noose. I turned it around into a tie, and I made the most of it. I took leather and metal, and I made it into gold. I brought that title back to prominence. Nobody back there can say they did it. I did it. It was me. It's a fact. And I exceeded all expectations. And I busted my ass every day. I never gave it a less than 100%. And I deserve to be here and talk to all y'all for more than 40 seconds. I deserve that. That's me. And there's people back there who tell me, hey, be patient. Wait your turn. The time is going to come. I don't want to hear that no more. My time was last month. My time was last year. My goddamn time is right now. And I don't want people to say that I've had a string of bad luck. It's not a string of bad luck. It's a string of just bad timing. And that's why me and Hobbs, we're... Oh, my God! My God in heaven! What impact!
And there you have it. Ricky Starks cutting an absolute promo. His teammate Hobbs, powerhouse Hobbs, turning on him. But I'll tell you what right there. A star has been born. That's a baby face now. That was one of the best baby face promos out of one of the four pillars of AEW, as they like to call their young superstars. Now that's, I'll be honest, Jungle Boy also cut a promo. Not as good as Ricky Starks' promo. Ricky Starks, I mean, put the rocket on his back. I'm ready for him to go to the moon. He is that guy for me now on the babyface side. Absolute Ricky Starks because he is absolutely undeniable at this point. When we had Evan Mack on the show a couple of weeks ago, he said he was the conduit to build the bridge between the light skins and the dark skins and the black community. And now he's doing even more as he is going to be the conduit and he's going to build that bridge to me to say, hey, AEW can build from the ground up a babyface superstar because they do have great babyfaces there, but not one that they have built up. The biggest star that's homegrown for them, arguably, we haven't seen him. Don't know where he's at. We're going to have to put the MJF clock on. MJF, we just haven't seen him. He is a big star, absolute money, but clearly, clearly the biggest hill. Jungle Boy, he's just come back now. He's tangling with Christian. Not there yet. Not there yet. But absolute Ricky Starks, man, I cannot wait to see where this goes. Him chasing the form, the, his former tag team partner, Team Taz, maybe Taz turns on him as well. I don't know, but I want to see where this goes. I mean, bar after bar, they said this title was a noose, but I, they said this title was a noose, but I turned it into a tie. They said my time was, oh, just wait your turn. Wait, your time's coming. Like, man, just bar after bar. So credit to Tony Khan for making the right move there. Now let's ring the bell and get into WWE. All right. Now, WWE, since our last show, big news is broken. If you haven't heard, Vince McMahon has retired as the head of WWE as Toby pumps his fist triumphantly. Toby, you don't know a world of WWE without Vince McMahon. Hold on, Toby. Come on. This man has shaped wrestling Today, as we know it, wrestling that we watch on TV, the wrestling product that we've all loved and enjoyed. There's no AEW without Vince McMahon. I mean, come on, Toby, before you step on the man's grave, figuratively, I'm not saying give him his flowers because um, actually what he's done, what the reason he's had to step down and retire is not on good circumstances. And also for the people who say like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is that big of a deal. Sexual misconduct. Well, I mean, just the actual sexual favors that he was soliciting from workers when you are the boss. Yes, that is a problem. And the cover up is always worse than the crime. You see it in politics all the time. You've got Watergate. You've got Bill Clinton. You've got Donald Trump. The cover-up is always worse than the actual crime. So, yes, Vince McMahon, rightfully so, stepping down. I didn't think that he would because as soon as the New York, excuse me, not the New York Times, who released this? I can't think of the actual newspaper now. But one of those real highfalutin newspapers, they released this story, and it's, hey, man, I think it was the Wall Street Journal, actually. There we go. The Wall Street Journal. And it's, hey, Vince McMahon. This is the, the settlements that he's paid out to different various women over the years. And you think, what's going to happen from here? And Vince McMahon says, I'll tell you what's going to happen from here. I'm going on TV every show now just to kick off the show weirdly, something that I haven't done in years. But he decided to. That was Vince McMahon's bleep you. F off. 
I'm still the chairman. No chance in hell. The fans are going to chant my song when I walk out. The last time we seen him on Raw, he's jumping off the stairs gleefully. Vince McMahon was Vinny Mac, and I didn't think he was going anywhere. But then I think it got a little too hot in the kitchen. So now he's stepping down, and now Nick Khan and his daughter, Stephanie McMahon, are co-CEOs. This feels like an episode of Succession. You know, just a real Roy family scandal here, and you don't really know who, how the company's going to go, but we got a little glimpse of that this Monday. But, Toby, before I speak about Monday Night Raw, you were pumping your fist triumphantly about Vince McMahon retiring here. What are your thoughts? Everybody has a time when it's time to step down, and Vince, it's been a little overdue, <laughs> not going to lie, but I am very excited now that he is not head of creative and that Triple H is taking over head of creative. I am very excited for the ideas that he has. And uh, this SummerSlam, I am really excited for Seth Rollins and see who his mystery opponent is. Oh, we're going to get into that when we do our previews. I'll give you a little bit of a, um, it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. It's going to be Riddle. Come on, kayfabe, bro. They're, they, they're kayfabe in Utah. Toby, come on. Come on, no, I know that. I'm just, this is for the younger audience, all right? This is for the younger audience, you know? They all know what kayfabe is, Damon. Come on now. All right, so we see Monday Night Raw, and we get our first little taste of Triple H as head of creative. We, we know that he ran the NXT Black and Gold. Some people are still pining for that era of NXT. They, they're sick of 2.0. 2.0 is not their cup of tea, and it's just, hey, man, bring me back that Black and Gold era, and maybe Triple H is going to bring that same flavor to the main roster. Maybe in some, you know... Some sprinkles there, but I don't want everyone who was an NXT Black and Gold alum to now be like, I don't want to see Tommaso Ciampa now wrestling for the world title next week. Now that Triple H is the head of creative. That's not that's not what I'm asking for. But I do think that the company is going to be just fine. He still have Bruce Pritchard there. That's been one of Vince's right hand mans for about 30 years on and off. So you've got like that experience in the company. Triple H, he knows what he's doing. He's done this before on the smaller stage in NXT, but now that same talent that gets brought up, you get brought up to the main roster, and who was working with you down in NXT? It's Triple H. So I do think that WWE is going to be fine there. Now we're going to work our way up this SummerSlam card here, Toby. Because let's just start, I just pulled it off, pulled it off the internet, Wikipedia, and this is how they have it. We've got the Judgment Day. Finn Balor, Damian Priest versus the Mysterios, Dominic and Rey Mysterio, the father-son combo. Toby, who do you got this build? Rhea Ripley's come back, and she's beating both of the Mysterios up. She's ragdolling them around. I think the Judgment Day's finding their stride, and I don't think that Rey and Dominic need a win. If it was up to me, Dominic needs a little flavor. He needs a little sauce. Turn on your dad. That's nothing more diabolical than I hate my father. I'm tired of losing, and I'm losing because I'm with you, old man. Join the Judgment Day. Judgment Day. Get a little dark. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that one. Um, Dominic needs something to spark his, you know, get him, get him to become a superstar because I think he has the potential in him. Uh, he just needs a little spark, and I think turning heel would be amazing for him, turning on his dad. Um, I don't know if he does it this weekend at SummerSlam, but I hope it does come, uh, come within the next year. All right. So who you got winning? Um, I got Judgment Day. Yeah, I got. They yeah. need. They need the win. They're trying to build up this stable to be some imposing, you know, menaces. But you know, 
You can't be badass if you keep losing. You're going to lose the credibility, so they need this win more. Yeah, and I think the Mysterios, even though Rey Mysterio is coming off his 20th anniversary, I don't think they will give him the win. Um, I think Judgment Day needs it more than they do. All right, so next we're going to move to one of your favorite wrestlers, Logan Paul versus The Miz. They start off Monday Night Raw in the new Triple H era. We just jump in. I had to rewind when I started when I started Monday Night Raw. I was like, did I miss something? Did my DVR not record properly? No, they started the fight. They started the show mid-brawl, middle of the ring. These guys couldn't even wait until 8 o'clock Eastern time in Madison Square Garden. They were already fighting beforehand. And you've got Logan Paul, social media superstar. Take him or leave him if you want him. Got the brother Jake Paul. He's got a fight next week, also in Madison Square Garden. Look at that, the Paul brothers taking over MSG, going against The Miz who is standing by and saying that he does not have tiny balls. I do not get the tiny balls part. It's like I really could do without. But I'll tell you something that The Miz has in his corner, besides Maurice, that I really do love, and that is Champa. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that I needed Champa to be The Miz's heater this bad. He cut a promo on Raw Talk. I don't know if you saw it, but he's saying, WWE, this is our home, and you're unwelcomed. And it's just, man, the passion that he's cutting the promo for The Miz. The Miz and Maurice, they don't have to say a word. They're just nodding and approving because Champa is eating which Logan, Jake, Logan Paul's lunch in this promo. I wish that they could just find a random baby face and say, "Hey, man, you're gonna be, uh, <laughs> you're gonna be in this match with Logan Paul." Because I think that Champa needs a spot on this show because he has shown me he's one of those people. He gets moved up to the main roster. They drop off the first name. Hopefully, Triple H will bring first names back. Because everyone who lost their first name, if you want it back, you can have it back. Tommaso, Tommaso Champa is a better name than this than just Champa. Give him the first name back. Austin Theory. We're going to get to him a little bit later. Theory just doesn't roll off the tongue as well. We'll get to him later as well. But man, Champa's the best part of this feud to me, and he's not even in the match. So I'm, got, I'm going with The Miz because Logan Paul, he's already got a new contract. They said he's on a fight, a five-fight deal, five-match deal or whatever. He's got more matches. He doesn't need to win them all. So I'm going to go with The Miz here. Uh, I don't know about that one. I think they'll find a way for uh, Logan to win. They always do. Um, and I want the Miz to win. Don't get me wrong, Damon. I am like one of the biggest Logan Paul haters, as well as his brother. So I want <laughs> I want to see the Miz win, but I think they'll find a way for Logan to win it. All right, next we're gonna move to the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. If you remember last SummerSlam here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Becky Lynch comes out, gives her the manhandle slam, and a, wins the match in about 30 seconds over Bianca Belair. Sets up the long feud. Bianca gets the title back at WrestleMania. I do think that this feud has been a little bit rushed because I think maybe this is where maybe we would have seen Sasha in this title picture or Naomi if they didn't have their exit or maybe even Rhea Ripley before she took her, her leave. of she was, she was out with that injury. Maybe this would have been her match at SummerSlam before she was injured, but now she's back. Good for Rhea. So I don't know if this is WWE's actual plans for creative, that they wanted to pull the trigger on this so soon at SummerSlam. But with that being said, I still think that Bianca's going to retain because, hey, we don't know when Becky, not excuse me, not Becky. We don't know when Charlotte or Bailey are coming back. And maybe that's like a swerve that they throw us, throw on us at the end of the match there. I mean, yeah, I think Belair's going to get her revenge uh, from last SummerSlam. I think uh, she's going to destroy Becky. I think I hope they have a great match, though. But, um, yeah, I think Belair is going to get her revenge from last year. 
All right, next we're going to move on to the former training camp roommates, Pat McAfee, color commentator, former NFL punter, wrestler extraordinaire, had his WrestleMania moment with Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Happy Corbin, who (laughs) he can do no wrong to me. I love the happy gimmick. I mean, come on. He can do no wrong to me. So you've got a few that's basically, they're telling the story. This has been brewing since 2009 when they were both just trying to make the coach roster here. But with that being said, Corbin's got a couple of run-ins on him. Hit him with the end of days here in Vegas at Money in the Bank. And then he shows up to UFC in, neck, in the neck brace. The UFC pans over to Pat McAfee and he's selling the gimmick hard. He got hit with the end of days at Money in the Bank. He's at UFC in a neck brace. You love to see it. But I think they've got to let Pat McAfee get some comeuppance here. He's got to return the favor after Corbin keeps attacking him while he's trying to do his job on Friday Night SmackDown. Pat McAfee, the biggest star, arguably, in all of media right now. I mean, the Pat McAfee show, I think, sold for about $100 million or something like that. So Pat McAfee gets the win over Corbin here. I mean, yeah, Pat McAfee's that dog, right? Pat McAfee's (laughs) going to come in there and he's going to chew up Happy Corbin and spit him out like he was nothing. All right, he's gonna <laughs> kick that dude like a like a football right through the uprights for a game winning field goal, and he's about to pin Corbin one two three. All right, and now we're gonna move to the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships with special guest referee Double J Jeff Jarrett. You know, Jared, do you remember Jeff Jarrett's theme song in WWE? I do not. Spend my time working hard on the go, but the hand on the clock keeps spinning too <laughs> slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. Going to be the special guest referee, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> and he's also going to be the next night, Sunday, following SummerSlam. He's going to be wrestling Ric Flair in Ric Flair's last match. Double J stays booked and busy. That man's never turning down a check. And he's going to be refereeing the tag team championship match between the Usos versus the Street Profits. Who you got, Toby? Is it finally time for the Usos to lose their title as well as Roman? Is it? I think so. I got the Street Profits. Ooh. Now nah, the bloodline's still going strong. I don't you, those titles aren't coming off of them. I don't want I want to pick the Street Profits because I don't want them to break up and this is the obvious course of if you can't you lose two times in a row money in the bank and SummerSlam. You, it's either you guys can't keep chasing the tag team titles unless there's something nefarious or some chicanery that goes on. So I want to go with the Street Profits, but the bloodline is just too hot right now. I got to go with the Usos. I'm tired of the bloodline. What? I'm tired of it. No, you can't yeah, be. You can't I'm tired be. of it. You, no. We need something new. <laughs> what? Something new? There's nothing <laughs> Come new. Come on, Triple H. <laughs> yeah. Think of something. Uh, yeah. Uh, excuse me, Toby. You're, you're dead wrong. But maybe this next match will have something to say about Roman Reigns losing his title. As Bobby Lashley, the champion, is going to be taking on Theory for the United States Championship. Theory, also the money in the bank briefcase holder. I mean, he can cash in on any champion that he wants at any time. But also, you know, he's going to be going for Roman. Roman is the big dog. It's his yard. We've seen on Monday Night Raw, you know, the who's your daddy chance. Funny stuff, funny stuff. I don't think that Theory is going to cash in at SummerSlam. If he does, that's going to shock me. But with the looming threat of a cash in because you have that briefcase, you don't need a title as well. I think Lashley's going to win this. Yeah, I mean Lashley's has a lot. He has a lot of momentum right now, as well as the babyface. And uh, yeah, I don't think he's gonna lose the title. Of theory it just doesn't make any sense. 
Now the SmackDown Women's Championship. We've got Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. I mean, come on. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen here. I really don't. I mean, if any of you know, if in my SummerSlam previews, if any of you guys are listening and want to tweet at me, please do at Demon underscore the boss. Let me know if you think I'm wrong. I just don't know what's going to happen here. Ronda versus Liv. I mean, it's a toss up. I could see I, you can't have Liv be the, the Ronda beater. I don't know who's beaten Ronda two times without Ronda getting a win over them. So I'm just going to go with Ronda just because. I just don't see them having her lose back-to-back times. I mean, yeah, I understand that. But at the same time, Liv, at the same time, like Bobby Lashley, has a lot of momentum right now as a babyface. And I don't know why they would take that all away from her right now. So um, I got I got Liv Morgan. We'll see how it goes. But it, it's one of my favorite matches on this card. All right, now time for the main event of the evening. The Universal Champion, the Undisputed champion the big dog the tribal chief your tribal chief toby roman reigns is going to step into the ring against the challenger brock lesnar in a last man standing match this has got to be the payoff these guys have wrestled so many times we've seen this match over the course of six years it feels like these guys just being the two goliaths in wwe but hey, there were reports from Sean Ross Sapp. I don't know if you saw this. I don't know if you're into the scoop game in wrestling. Where it's, hey, Brock Lesnar is allegedly Vince McMahon steps down on Friday. Brock Lesnar has left SmackDown. And it's up in the air. Guess what? Brock Lesnar was on SmackDown. So sometimes you can't believe all these reports. And then it's, hey, well, he, he did leave. But he came back to do business. So if, just, if even the announcer of that is true and Brock Lesnar is just like, hey, I'm a Vince guy. I don't think that he... Not that he does not care about the business, but I don't see them putting the title on Brock. And I don't think that Brock, he doesn't want that full responsibility of being the champion. But that aside, nobody's beating the tribal chief. Come on. That's that's what we really need to talk about. Roman Reigns is unbeatable. The man can't be touched. Toby, who you got? Because I'm obviously going with Roman Reigns. The bloodline will fall at SummerSlam. And that will be will come with the dethroning of not my tribal chief, but Demond's tribal chief. He's everybody's Roman tribal Reigns. chief. He's, he's not everybody's, mine. He's everybody's he's tribal not chief. Mine. What are you talking? Come on. Acknowledge come on him, now. Toby. I am not acknowledging him. Acknowledge him. I will not acknowledge him. We'll talk him. about this during the break, and we're going to come back, and we're also, because combat sports, it never sleeps, and the UFC has a big pay-per-view coming up this weekend as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here on the fight game on 1230 The Game. This is it! A dive! He gets it! He gets the tap! The penny party goes to the next level! Welcome back to the fight game with Damon Cotton. And this past Saturday in UFC 27, excuse me, UFC Fight Night London, Patty Pimblett. Kept the Patty train going. And welcome back to the fight game here on 1230 The Game. I'm your host, Damon Cotton. And Toby, the intern, is back with us. Toby, Patty Pimblett, does it again. Keeping that train going with a submission victory here. And also, man, I want to give him the shout out for speaking about 
men's mental health. In his moment of glory, Michael Bisbing in the cage with him, talking to him after his impressive victory. And he wants to talk about men's mental health and suicide awareness and suicide prevention. Hey, if you need somebody to talk to, talk to because he had a mate who recently committed suicide uh, just a week before the fight. And that was something that was weighing heavy on him and something that he wanted to talk about. And it was just, man, what a great message. That's something that we all need to express and talk about our feelings where he says it. Hey, man, I know it's not that we talk about these things, but we need to talk about them a little bit more. So sincere gratitude for Patty Pimlin for doing that after his fight. And man, at the lightweight division, he's rising up and his star is still ascending where I do like how the UFC is letting him get a slow build. But he said after a couple of fights, he's like, Dana, I want to get paid. You know, this guy wants some bigger fights at 155. And I think after a performance that we saw in UFC London, he's deserving of them. Oh, yeah. Um, he's he's like he's uh, like we said, uh, he's like Sean O'Malley, you know, and he's going to get the next step up and he's going to be on some bigger cards now. And I'm excited to see what he can do. And um, they, they got to give him some more uh, bigger shots here because we got to see a little bit more from him. All right, Toby, I'm glad you mentioned Sean O'Malley. Sugar Sean O'Malley, you weren't here last week, so I've got to get your thoughts on it. The Sugar Show in Dubai. The Sugar Show's headed to Dubai, Fight Island. He's going to be fighting former Bantamweight champion at 135, Peter Yan. Now, this is your boy. You're the biggest sugar head there is. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm going to call the fans. I said if he if he would have won the Pedro Munez fight, I was buying you something off of his website. I was going to do it. But a no contest isn't a win. How confident are you in your boy now that he's fighting a former champion? I'd be lying in, uh, in saying that I wasn't nervous and I wasn't scared for Sean O'Malley because this is a big step up, like a big step up. He's facing the number one contender. And um, yeah, I, I got to rock with my boy, though. He is my boy, Sean O'Malley. So I think if he loses this fight, he can recover and he can come back. But if he wins this fight, he's going to get the title shot. Oh, yes. Even even if he does not beat Peter Yan here, even if he has an impressive showing in a loss, he's still I don't think that the like the bloom is going to be off the rose just yet off of one defeat. Does that hurt his chances of capturing gold at 135? Of course it does, because he'd have to win a couple of more fights before he gets a title shot. But between Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw, whoever wins that. Hey, man. If he can beat Peter Yan and whoever wins that championship fight between Dillashaw and Sterling at 135, please give him a shot. If he can defeat a former champion, hey, man, I'm all in on the Sugar Show. That This will be the upcoming fight, and that's why I'm so glad that you're on the show because I had to poke at you a little bit. I just want to see what he's going to do next because that's the this is going to be the biggest test of his career. And you say that with just about every fighter. The next fight is always the biggest fight. We get it. We get it. It's But this is the biggest test of his career so far. So what do I get if he wins? You get something off the site, whatever you pick. <laughs> I mean, what, what, did, I think you wanted some slides or some shorts. I don't know. I, mean, I got it. I, I got was thinking you. that that jersey, though. The, the jersey? I yeah, mean, a, a, jersey's, a jersey sounds like it's more than like slides or a pair of shorts, though. <laughs> I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have to go back on the uh, website and see how much uh, the Sugar Show is costing. I I'll, mean, I'll, I'll, I'll let you give me some slides. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, forty dollars after I won't shipping. Do that to you. I mean, that's that's really all I'm doing. I mean, maybe might just have to be a keychain. I don't know what to tell you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, you know. I might have bitten off a little bit too much more than I could chew here. But <laughs> you said anything <laughs> off the website? We heard it here first, guys. So. 
Damon, you better hold up your end of the deal if he wins. All right, well, Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's got to hold up his end of the deal for you. And now we're going to move over to UFC 277 that's going to be taking place this Saturday, July 30th at American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. And we're going to start off, we're going to do an abridged version of this entire card because, hey, it's a big card. It's a UFC pay-per-view. You're going to have the fight pass fights. You're going to have the prelims. And then you're going to have the main card. But we're just going to talk about the few fights on the main card that we want to get down to business with. And we're going to start with Derek Lewis versus Sergey Pavlovich. And Derek Lewis, it wouldn't be a fight card in Texas without the Houston native Derek Lewis, I mean, come on, he's a fan favorite, he's always going to be entertaining, he's, he's just going to go in there and bang with somebody. But he is a little bit of an underdog in this fight, plus 100, so I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's going to win, but hey man, when you can hit as hard as Derek Lewis can, you've always got a chance. So that's why I'm going with Derek Lewis in this one. Yeah, like you said, he always has a chance in any fight, because he has that one punch knockout power, and nobody... He's knocked out people with one punch with an uppercut once. I forget who that was against, but he did that. And I don't think he'll win this fight, though. I do got Sergey, um, but he is a very exciting fighter, and I can't wait to see what he does after the fight because you know it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, it's going to be entertaining because in Sergey's last five fights, they've all ended in the first round. Four of his last five have been knockouts. He, his only loss is Alistair Overeem. That's his one loss in his career. You know, you know, got stopped in that one in the first round. But, I mean, coming off a three-fight win streak all by knockout or stoppage in the first round. This man has hands, too. He's no scrub. He's no geek off the streets. I mean, there's something in the water over there in Russia. But he doesn't have the Russian hammer, you know, Sorry, Sergey. He doesn't have the beard. Yeah, that, he don't he, get the beard. If That's Sergey, it right there. Had, if Sergey had the beard, I'd be taking him hands down. That'd be a scary fighter right there. Exactly. But the lack of beard, there's a window there for Derek Lewis. So I'm gonna take. <laughs> hey, what's your expert analysis in this? Hey, man, he's a he's a Russian man. You know, he's nothing to play with. He's got the hands. He's not to be trifled with. But does he have the beard? Exactly. Mm. Derek Lewis, fan favorite, has a beard. Taking Derek Lewis. <laughs> And this one. And then we're going to move up to the co-main event, Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France. And this is going to be an exciting fight at the flyweight division. But it's a rematch. It's a rematch. That's not a but. But and, and it's a rematch. You've got a rematch here. Moreno minus 200. Kai France plus 175. But hey, I'm going to take the underdog in this one. Going to take Kai Car France. What about you, Toby? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm taking the underdog as well. Kai Car France, three-fight win streak. He's looked really good. His striking is very polished, especially with his kicks down at City Kickboxing down there in New Zealand. So I'm very excited. Man, like it's some down there on the water in New, in New Zealand as well. Right. I know we had Vogel on the show as well, but don't blink just the nickname alone. The babyface assassin. I mean, come on. We, we've heard that before. We've seen that guy before. But hey, how many times have you seen Don't Blink? That's one of the best nicknames in the sport. I like that nick just nickname alone. Oh, excuse me, not the babyface assassin, the assassin baby. Still, that's even worse, actually. <laughs> that is pretty bad. Yeah, the assassin baby. That, that, that don't sound right. Toby, what would be your nickname right now? Just on the spot, if you know. You know hey, Toby, what's the what's the nickname? So I'm native, so mine would be Rezrilla. Rezrilla. Yep. What's your last name? Spotted Eagle. So it would be Tobias Rezrilla. Spotted Eagle. Your last name's actually Spotted Eagle? Yes. That's serious. 
I did not know this. And now we're going to go down a nickname train. You don't need a nickname. You're Tobias Spotted Eagle. Yeah, but Rezrilla sounds so cool. No, it doesn't. You're yes, doing do. too much. What are you talking about? You're doing too much, Toby. Rezrilla? Rezrilla? Come Rezrilla. on. No. Just drop off the Tobias in the first place. Just in the octagon. So we're doing the whole... Spotted Eagle. We're, we're doing the whole WWE thing. No, now. I'm just doing the Bruce Buffer <laughs> thing. Fighting out of the blue corner. Weighing in. This man is a kickboxer. The, you know, weighing in at 240 pounds. Spotted Eagle. That's all you need. That's all you need is Spotted Eagle. I'm doing you a favor. Just let me help you here. I don't even know what mine would be because I can't beat Spotted Eagle. Rezrilla. It'd be like, you know, that's like, you know, just that's that's one too many words right there. We got Damon Shook right now. Yeah, you do got me shook, man, because I'm like, man, you don't need a nickname. You're already there. <laughs> don't blink and don't blink versus Spotted Eagle. I'm tuning into that fight. What's the record? Don't know. Don't care. You're, Doesn't matter. You're darn right. I don't care. <laughs> because, you know, spot. Oh, my gosh. Like his striking is so precise. Spotted eagle. The eagle vision. Oh, it's it writes itself, man. Let me be your manager. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If I ever become an MMA fighter, I'll hook you up. You're going to be the first person I hit up. I'll be the first. I'll, you'll be the first fighter in history. He's like, Bruce, 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 I've got my own guy. <laughs> It'll be like a WWE Bruce you gotta sit this one out <laughs> And I'm I'll his come promoter. Yeah I'll come out and do it You know we just got a chemistry I'm sorry You, you know Dana yeah, yeah. Gotta let me have this one yeah. If you want the spotted eagle I've gotta do the intro <laughs> Alright now we're gonna move To the main event A highly anticipated rematch Coming off of the Ultimate Fighter Amanda Nunez Versus Juliana Pena For the UFC Women's Bantamweight Championship Pena shocked the world when she defeated defeated Amanda Nunez last time out. Nunez is one of the goats in all of the UFC. In UFC history, a goat here. This first fight was a wild brawl that first round. I really think had Nunez gassed, and she couldn't recover from just being gassed in that first round. But I think she's going to come out, fight a little bit smarter this time. She is the favorite coming into this fight, even though she lost the first bout. I think that does say a lot about Nunez's pedigree, so I'm taking Amanda here. Yeah, um, this is going to be a great fight again. Uh, I got Julian Pena. I think Lightning will strike twice here. Um, but it is very exciting because we don't know if Julian Pena actually is the real thing. Because this is Amanda Nunez. This isn't your normal female fight fighter. She's probably the best female fighter in mixed martial arts. So we got to see her beat her twice, but I think Juliana Pena could do it. She got her into a brawl last time, and she got under her skin. We'll see if she could do it again. All right, and that's going to do it for our UFC 277 preview. When we come back, we're going to have a few good minutes from Jared, and you don't want to miss it. This is the fight game on 1230 The Game. Your daddy's not here anymore, and you heard him. Daddy's gone. I'll tell you who his daddy is, because if he keeps messing up, the tribal chief is going to be his daddy. Welcome back to The Fight Game with Demond Cotton. And you are back here on the fight game on 1230 The Game. And that was Roman Reigns on Monday Night Raw telling Theory who his daddy is. 
who is his daddy? And I think that Roman Reigns as the tribal chief is being spectacular. The character work, it's only building. Ross TV 14 now. So maybe we'll get a little bit even more edge out of the tribal chief. And that's going to be SummerSlam also taking place this Saturday, July 30th in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, man, love Nashville. I'm a Tennessee native. Cannot wait for that. Wish I was going. Wish I could get a last-minute trip out to Nashville. But don't miss SummerSlam. You can catch that on Peacock. Now, let's get into a few good minutes with Jared. Let's get it on! All right, so the MLB trade deadline is coming up. What fighter would you trade from one style of combat sports to another? And obviously, Jake Paul to the UFC is too obvious. So... What do you got? Who do you got? All right. So, Jared's not with us now, so he's sending his few good minutes from beyond, from the beyond. So, Jared, that's a really good question there. If I had to trade someone from one style of fighting from one form of martial arts to another, man, my only thought would be, man, if I could do it in the past, I think that would be a little bit easier. But um, I would take Jordan Burroughs out of Olympic-style wrestling and put him in MMA. I've always wanted to see JB in the octagon. I mean, we've got an Olympic gold medalist at 154 in wrestling. I would just love to see him. I, he doesn't need to. Obviously, he's got his bona fides, an Olympic gold medalist in wrestling. But come on, man. Let me see you in the octagon. That's what I want to see. What about you, Toby? Do you have any answer for who you want to see make a trade, I guess? Well, like you said, I'm going to go back in time, though, on this one. And I'm going to go with Kurt Angle. Good old Perk Angle. Oh, in yes. In his heyday. Imagine going into the MMA, him all perked up. They weren't doing drug testing back then. Yeah. <laughs> so I got Kurt let's Angle get, to yeah, go Let's to get him UFC. juiced up. Let's get him juiced up in the old UFC. Oh, man, that, that would also be a sight. I mean, yeah, he would have been hitting his stride. Okay, you know what? Not a bad, not a bad idea there. So I'm going with Jordan Burroughs, and you're going with Kurt Angle, Perk Angle for my stamina. Just popped one for my stamina. All right, man, that's that was your. I like your pick better than mine, because you know, I mean, the historical for me, maybe like if I had to go back in time, maybe just Anderson Silva as a boxer instead of MMA. I think that because he's boxing now at 45 and he looks good. Jake Paul wants a real challenge. Fight Anderson Silva next. I think at 45, he's cleaning up. But that's just me. All right, Jared also left us another one. Let's see what else he has in the tank. Hey, I didn't have time to come help you with the show today, and for that, I am sorry. But I do have a question for you. This is coming from the Southeast, a local fast food establishment that is very popular both there and here is offering a free meal for volunteering to work an hour shift at their drive-thru is there anywhere that you would work for free in order to get food and specifically is there anywhere that's food is actually good enough to be like you know what an hour in the hot sun yeah sign me up he says the hot sun. Do I have to work outside? Because if it's just working in the restaurant, have you seen the prices of like for a meal at even fast food restaurants now? You're probably going to make it back in that hour. I mean, come on. If you get like the super duper deluxe meal at a certain place, you're probably paying 
for that meal right there within the hour. There are plenty of places that I would get a free meal from. If it's just a free meal, not just, hey, you get the number seven combo and that's all you can get. If I get my pick of whatever I want off the menu, there are countless places that I would work an hour for. I mean, this is a silly question to me because I love food. I'll do, hey, I'll do it. I work here. I'll do anything for a meal. Come on. This is, you want me to name the places? Taco Bell, I'm there. Chick-fil-A. I'm there. You wouldn't work. I would work at Taco Bell for an hour to I get Taco, work Bell. At Taco Bell. For an hour? No. For an hour. I'm good. You're not not even an hour. No, I'm chilling. Come That's on, so, come on, man. You ain't That's got that working. You ain't got that dog in you. Because I got <laughs> that dog Taco in me. <laughs> I got that dog in me. Because <laughs> I'm. All right, you know, I don't want my. You know, I don't want my stomach to be turning at night when oh, I just worked an hour. Okay, so no Taco, Taco Bell. Not Taco Bell for you. No. Is there is there any restaurant for you? Canes. Can't see. Chicken so fingers? what do you mean? So you're gonna, yeah, exactly. So you, you're willing to work for an hour for chicken fingers, bro? Get that Kenyan combo? No, no, load it up. No Don't coleslaw? even get the com- yeah extra toast. Come on, man. Yes, sir. You know how it is. Don't play me. I've been around the block. I know the game. <laughs> we need the carbs. <laughs> Come on now. All right, man. So Jared, a real good few good minutes with Jared. I wish he was in here. Obviously, Jared's not with us today on the show. So it would have been fun if we could ask him what would his MMA nickname be because that would have been real fun. Why don't you come up with one for him real quick? Jared Justice. What would... Oh, I think it'd have to be something like The Judge. I think that'd be something easy. I was going to say like Jared the Jet Justice. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, The Justice, it would be, you know, maybe like The Executioner or something. You know, he's handing out justice. You know, I think think that would have to be the fit, even though it's just us, not justice as if you need a lawyer, as always say. So I think something like that, it'd be the executioner, just, you know, Jared Justice, you know, something like that. Something to sound menacing. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, you know, get better on the spot. More time. Yeah. You know, nobody's nobody's the uh, spotted eagle. (laughs) I mean, just so good there. That's, you know, that's what I'm going to refer to you as now when I'm just hey spotted eagle. Does anybody I mean, so. You sound like my football coaches. Is that is that what they say? Yeah, they used to call like back in youth ball. They used to say, "Spotted eagle," and then my one when every time I made a play, he'd go "fly like an eagle." Every time, every time I made a play. I mean, because it's so cool to say, it's so fun to say. Mister Spotted Eagle will see you. Oh, come on, man, dude, you should have business cards just cause. <laughs> All right, and that's gonna do it for us here on the fight game. It's been another tremendous show. Hey, UFC two seventy seven. SummerSlam, all taking place this Saturday, July 30th. I don't care if you're in Nashville or if you're in Dallas, Texas. There's going to be something exciting to see and something too exciting for all of us to watch as combat sports fans. This has been the fight game on 1230 The Game. Thank you to Toby for helping me out. Thank you to Jared for a few good minutes. I've been your host, Damon Cotton. And remember, protect yourself at all times and stay safe, everybody.